Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Pritam Atma, author of Fertile and Mystical Motherhood, and I have an awesome guest, Rai Sharan, today, and we are going to just start talking and see what comes out of our mouths regarding <laughs> cosmic experiences and out of this world planetary shifts and goddess archetypes. Goddess archetypes. And so I'm going to have Rai Sharan introduce herself so you guys know who you're speaking to. Hi, I'm Rai Charan, also known as Nicole Solberger. I am an attorney and an astrologer and kundalini yoga teacher, and I integrate the astrology with my law practice to help individuals, companies make really good decisions and set them up for longer-term success. So we had a recent podcast that was really, really awesome, and we kind of amazed ourselves. We're like, whoa, that was that was really fun. <laughs> and there was a tempo to it. And I think we're gonna try to create that kind of tempo of bringing the listener up and down through the higher dimensions, you know, down to earth to make things that are unnormal, unusual, esoteric. alchemical, esoteric, normal, and, and back to your own life. And that's the journey of the alchemist. And so I'm in the process of writing my third book called The Original Wound, and I'm really researching and understanding how initiation can change someone's life. So I was just speaking to Ray Sharon about this book called Initiation by Elizabeth H. And in it, this woman recalls all of her past lives where she worked, she was the Pharaoh's daughter and was going through an initiation. And she, in her, fine in this life as the Pharaoh's daughter, the, the father says, don't sleep with, don't sleep with the, the male. Don't, don't lose yourself to the man. Don't give your body away to carnal love, to the human body. And so she was in the earth plane or in this higher dimensions, I'm not sure. And she did. So she, she, she lost herself in love with the human form of, and not the divine. So she forgot God. And the Pharaoh knew this. And so the Pharaoh put her in a tomb. And actually, so I guess in the ancient times, the when these bodies were embodied or embalmed, the pharaohs of ancient Egypt, they were actually conscious within the they were conscious and awake within the the embalming process. She describes. Yeah. So they did this on purpose, where their body was dead, but their consciousness was still awake within their brain, and they wanted that because they wanted the energy of the pharaoh to maintain the center and create consciousness for all of the time and space. So she describes herself as being in this um, coffin Mm -hmm. or in this like experience for eons and eons and eons until one moment she merged out and then had past lifetimes beginning from the very beginning. And she had to go through lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime in order to find God again. And through all these lifetimes, she had to experience the carnal experience of love through human form and the loss of that. And then in this final lifetime, she is going through an initiation that's similar to the, the one I'm describing in my book, The Original Wound, which is how do you you know move from the carnal love of finding the love through the man into these higher dimensional fields of finding God's love. So this is super simple conversation <laughs> and like really normal for a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like coffee. Over the coffee. This is our coffee. Yeah. This is what we do, what we talk about. So what do you think about that? 
Um, well, it reminded me of Artemis, who I have a strong connection with. And Artemis didn't take a lover. She was kind of the protectress of um, the earth and children and was a healer. And she really just had her buddy, who was her hunting buddy, that would go out with her. And because, But she was so beautiful, so she was raped. Um, and, and this obviously created a, a major wound for her. And so this is an archetype that I think is in the kind of Western psyche, as all of these goddess archetypes are. But when I was growing up, I was really adverse to sex and taking a lover and all of that kind of stuff and very much devout um, in my beliefs. I was a Christian at that time is how I would have described myself. And uh, so I just resonate a lot with that idea of just being whole unto yourself. And that's what Yogi Bhajan talks about too in some of his teachings. She is she. Like a woman doesn't really need man in that way. Um. So did that wound of her rape, because this is what I talk about in the Mystical Motherhood podcast a lot, is the trauma. And the trauma creates the base frequency of then can either, you know, you can excel in your life or you can maintain that base frequency and not heal it. So that's what I describe in my next book, The Original Wound, as the original wound. We all hold a trauma. We all hold some sort of a pattern that we can either... And I use the example of relationships that as an alchemist that we can move through to you know, continually repeat, which is happening, you know, on a mind level across the world, you know, so like so many movements right now can, are, are wounded of this, uh, this massive generational trauma that's coming up within race and culture and societies to either be healed or to keep us trapped within the mind and not move into the heart base. So did Artemis, did she not take a lover the rest of her life because she, tell us what happened? Um, so I don't remember the full story. She conceived a a son out of this, but I don't believe that she transformed this into then, you know, taking on lovers. Um, I'd have to go back and look at what happened with that. There's other archetypes two of this idea though of woman whole unto herself another one is the Pallas Athena archetype and that is kind of this idea where so she is born of Zeus's head as opposed to through a natural birth or from a woman and she was seen as an excellent um, military strategist but she was so intelligent and so smart that she was not seen as like a proper bride. So nobody would have wanted her as a sexual partner. And so this idea, again, of kind of you have to be one or the other. And a lot of women today that feel like if they're doing really kick ass in their job and they're super smart and intelligent, that they can't play both sides. And so having this kind of one dimension uh, as opposed to integrating all of the different parts of ourselves and feeling whole unto ourselves. So I want to swing back to that, but I want to bring up something's coming up in my mind and heart right now. That we had a we had a conversation a little while ago about a lot of men are losing their jobs, and so that's their identity, and so their trauma around that's going to be triggered, and also women are too. But men tend, from what I understand and see, men tend to identify with their jobs and women tend to identify with with, with 
through relationship. So a woman leaving her relationship could be one of the biggest events of her life, where a man losing his job could be the biggest event of his life, where a man leaving a relationship, it doesn't affect him. Right. So I know that doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with everything, but can you talk a little bit about that? And then also, how do we teach women to do both? Like, can you take a lover? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question that yeah. everyone's like. Can you? Can a woman that loves herself, that wants to find true love, can she take a lover? Right. Well, <laughs> the other question I love is, which was brought up by um, Sam Harris in his interview with Caitlin Flanagan a number of months ago, but his question to her was basically, can men and women work together? And she's like, right now, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, we we haven't figured out how that works. It doesn't actually work right now. On like a career, on like a work level? Just on on a a practical level. It's just not working. Yeah. You know? And, but no one will say that. So it's like we've jammed, (laughs) we've jammed men and women together in this environment. And it's almost just like throwing, you know, kids out or something to like play together and and they're just get hurting each other. Well, it's the same as with relationship. So when I work with clients and I say, I can exactly find, so back to original wound. Yeah. That's my favorite new subject. So if we can find our original wound and we know the age it happened, then we know if we're having a part a problem with our partner, we're actually interacting from the age of the wound, right? not from the age that we're in our bodies, whatever age that is. So then you're replaying these wounds and circling around in relationship from these patterns and the same thing is happening yeah. on a business level, you're saying. Yes. And you can find where the age of that wound, if you listen to your own sound current, you listen to your own voice, it's usually the thing that irritates you about listening to your sound current is because it's stuck at whatever the age of the trauma is. Side note, mm-hmm. if you want to do some self-psychology on that. Um, but in terms of your question, which was can we, can we have a physical relationship as women, Um, with men I think yes but ultimately the the purpose at least is my belief is should be to get you closer to God so sometimes we need to have these human experiences that are stripping away some layer of our ego or some conditioned patterning that's been formed some shell something that's happened because of these incarnations and then ideally as you strip those things away you get closer and closer to god instead of getting more wrapped into the human drama and that's exactly what this woman says in this book initiation is that she goes through all these lives i mean it's way too thick to when I see a big book, I just say, God, God, please just open to the page I'm supposed to read. <laughs> and then God always does, which is just really my higher self saying, like, pay effing attention. You've got work to do and just read this page. And it's always what I need to hear. And so in it, she just recognizes how it's all the same pattern playing itself out over and over and over again. And yeah. the breaking of that pattern is the shattering of your entire identity. And and within the relationship that almost has to happen too. I mean, this is too yeah. way esoteric to even speak about. Well, it's, but I mean, it's, it's, this is the kind of yogic training that we 
learned through our teachers, Guru Jagat um, and, and Harijivan, is that whatever the pattern is, however you're relating to your work is the way you're relating to your relationships, is the way you're relating to your children, is the way you're relating to everything in your life. So yeah. whatever sector that you're having the quote-unquote problem you're relating that way to everything else in your life. You just might notice it more in one area. And this kind of goes to the difference between women and men, which people don't like to talk about there being a difference between women and men. It's not so PC. And this is is part of the problem with why we don't work well together because we're trying to pretend that we're the same and we're just not. There are differences between men and women. It doesn't have anything to do with value and being unequal. It's just different, and those differences should be celebrated. And if yeah. they're celebrated, then we can function a lot better. And so in terms of women, something that's different with women than men is like our teacher says women like to tousle. Men want just peace. Men are very happy to like sit on a on you know a thing of water with just nothing going on and they don't want to be messed with. And not to say that women don't enjoy that once in a while, but our kind of basic nature is like we want some action, we want something going on, we want to talk or fight or create or whatever. We're just a more kind of complex being in that way. And so if you're not getting that energy out in some way through something creative or just play fighting with your partner, like whatever you need to do, if you're not consciously getting it out, it's going to appear somewhere. And that could be in your office through problems with your coworkers or it could be in your relationship. So then maybe if your relationship's going well, then at work you're like getting that energy out in a not so positive way that is so so true and and it's like like sometimes if you're having some sort of an interlock or, I mean I've had this happen on spiritual things is like my marriage was great for many many years but I was working it out somewhere different like I was working my energy out through a spiritual way very very different and saving that part of the marriage and but it yeah. really was all of it is a reflection it's all the same it's it's there, there's a problem somewhere and it, and it and i heard something really interesting from Lacey phillips mm-hmm. and she said something about when your career goes into full gear and you're like really balanced in that area career and relationship have a lot of the same in common so when you begin to manifest really high in career yeah. or you begin to manifest really high in relationship that one the other coincides yeah like they go hand in hand and that if you have an issue with career or you have an issue with relationship you usually have an issue with both and so yeah. so like as you raise one the other will raise two if you decide to have that be so so yeah. one thing you were saying is that women have to like there has to be one or the other but they're they're I think what she's saying is she sees a pattern of the manifestations can happen in both once you, because your totally. self worth, as the woman becomes whole, her self worth becomes so strong that she knows she can create. And for some reason, the brain's connected there. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that it's like you can only be <laughs> successful in a relationship and not create. Ideally, a lot it's of all, think of, that. all of them, because it's all relationship. Like, work's another form of relationship and good boundaries in your personal relationships and good boundaries in your work relationships are both going to help you. Um, so I think that totally makes sense that they can both be raised at the same 
time, that goes back to that teaching of like how you're relating to one thing is how you're relating to everything in your life. So if you start relating to everything in a more positive way, then that's just going to elevate things. If you're relating to everything in your life as it being you know, a downer or a drain or something you have to do. I have to spend time with my partner and I have to do this thing at work. And so they're all going to kind of go together in that way. Yeah. And I know that Yogi Bhajan has said, like, for mothers, like, one of the worst things you can do is use your children as an excuse for what you're not creating on this planet. Yeah. Because because then not only are you not doing something, but then you're blaming them. And then in other parts of your life, I promise you, you're blaming your husband. Because if you're doing it in that sector, if you're saying, like people are always saying to me, like, how do you have children and write books and travel and then do these things? And how do you do this? And I just look at them and I'm like, how do you not? Right. How do you not? So either you're wasting, I mean, I probably do a little too much but but like that's what I'm supposed to be doing but there's got to be a balance in between them and I've learned a balance over time yeah the overdoing and being I've really learned that the doing is from the head and the being is from the heart but when I when I'm in my being point of view I'm going to come back to this in just a second but I was thinking in the shower this morning not to keep circling (laughs) up and down but I was thinking in the shower this morning how people write proposals for books and that they create the proposal before the book. And why wouldn't, I've been asked like, well, how do you create a book without an outline? And I said, how do you create an outline without, a, without yeah. the book? And I, because they're writing the book from the level of their mind. Right. And the book is coming out and that's why it takes them two years to write a book, maybe five. And for me, I just wrote Original Wound in three months, two months, probably two weeks mostly three weeks because I got into such my, my kids are out of town. That's why, but but that's the truth. But, um, they're with their father on a trip. But anyway, I wrote the book from the level of my heart and this place of being, there was no thinking to it. There was no judgment of it. There was no, um, well, it's flowing through you. Flew- You're not trying to craft it in a certain way. And it's the most brilliant one I've ever written. And so how could I have created an outline for that? And so back to like doing and being. And I don't remember. That kind of goes back to like the kid thing though too. It's like parents that try to craft the kid in a certain way. And that's like the codependency too. You like make your whole life the the kid. It's like so much freaking pressure on the kid. Same like the book is its own entity. Everything's its own entity. So it's like if you're trying to control it so much it can't breathe and it can't live and be what it wants to be. Right. Yeah. Um was there something else? But I was just saying with all of that of like how we can still get a lot we can we can break through going back to our beginning stories, which we're actually going to get into something really cool in a second. But we just started out with this conversation because it was happening. But but we as a woman, it's really about taking, seeing how much energy you have. This is actually the whole podcast right here. How much energy energy do you have, and how much love do you have for yourself? Because I have found on a personal level, the more love I have for myself and the less that I'm worrying about my kids, I'm worrying about 
my exes or I'm worrying about um, work when I'm not at work or I'm worrying about things that are not in my immediate vicinity. Either I'm future projecting for something I'm hoping for or I'm in the past caught in my trauma and drama. That's the, that's the two choices, trauma and yeah. drama or future projecting for something I hope, which is an egoic desire of something I want to create that's not now. That's the like depression, anxiety kind of right. polarity too of like getting stuck in the past versus thinking about the future but the only way I can create at the the books I'm creating at the rate I'm creating or, or do things faster is if I don't do either of those yeah. and all energy goes back to me in a really almost like beautiful but selfish way that's almost unheard of of women is like she under she you said yeah she within she she is she within she yeah what does that mean I think it's being whole unto yourself so this is that you know, quote that I was really loving from Yogi Bhajan the other day, which is uh, he spoke about when he teaches a meditation, which you should all do, which is called Conquering Self-Animosity. And he's talking about self-animosity and he's talking about woman when she's a virgin, when she's a teenager or whatever. And he's like, she is whole within she. She's like whole unto herself. Um, and, and then the virginity gets broken when she's no longer comfortable being this whole being that is in communion with God. There's almost like a discomfort with that. And so she breaks it. <gasps> This is the point of the whole podcast. So when you're in communion with God, so when Artemis, yeah, and when the when Which she got woman, revenge, by the way, I just looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> when, so this woman, that, so this beginning of the story when we start, we started to talk about the initiation of this woman that got you know went into carnal love. So she basically was complete within herself. Yeah, she was connected to the spirit. She was connected to God, but then this destructive force within her. Maybe it's the point of like when Eve ate the apple. He the the story didn't go with Adam eating the apple. He was right. fine in the garden. Well, we can like, talk about that because this relates to astrology. Right, and the Black Moon Lilith. And yeah, all we'll go, of this. let's go yeah, into that in a second. But like, what about us? And like, so why can a man just be like happy watching TV? And why can they let the kids not? They're not worrying about the yeah. kids as necessary. I mean, some men are if they're you know, but they're not really. They're just one pointed. And for us, there's so many facets to our energy field that we're like, let's create a little bit of cosmic chaos. Yeah, and yeah. it's very Shiva Shakti. So Shiva sits in, in presence and then Shakti's like, let me like step on around. you and swirl yeah. around you and dance <laughs> around you and, and create. Um, so if there's not chaos in this part of my world, I'm going to create it over here. Yeah. And so we're, and I always talk about this in mystical motherhood, but like, how do we find ourselves sabotagers? How do right. we stop the chaos? How do we become what Hari Jiwana said, content, contained, whole, and continuous? Well, I think in that Yogi Bhajan lecture, he's basically like you need the animosity to create something. Like it creates a friction. Mm. And there is no animosity from the outside. You have no enemies from the outside. That if you have enemies from the outside, then you're like really messed up. Like you have plenty of enemies inside yourself. But this this self-animosity creates almost this friction for you to start to, to do something with your life. And woman's the creatrix. Like we birth children, we're trying to birth all kinds of things. We birth the future. And so I think, you know, instead of getting down on ourselves about it, it's like just recognizing that this is a part of, because it's agitating to be a human. It's agitating to be on this earth. It's like, 
you're not in the infinite space of consciousness. We have to take care of these skin bags and we have to shelter ourselves and find food and all of these things that are irritating, which is why we do the fists of anger because it's just irritating to be here. And so, but it's recognizing it. And then I think uh, trying to put it towards something that is more creative than destructive. You know what's interesting is I also feel like women see, they like, they, they're more, there's almost more, I don't want to say this in a negative way because there's so many differences between men and women, but women are more consciously aware of what's wrong. And, and, and it's like they want it and, and they want it to be peaceful because a man can just be in peace, but they're really in the, they could be in peace in a war. Yeah. And they could be like, well, it doesn't matter. We're in war. Let's just be in war. Like accepting. Accept of, yeah. the war. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a woman's like, I don't really want to accept the war. Yeah. This doesn't seem right. It seems <laughs> like it's going against, against God. we could God. have made better we're, we're decisions. Connect, yeah. yeah we could, <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> but like they, there's something that like, it's like, that's the feminine is like the disconnection from God. And they can say, don't you see you've disconnected? I have an example of this. So I'm going to tell you all something. I started to have a sexual relationship with my guy friend. And recently, we're very good friends. We're very close for months and months and months and months. And we had, we had a sexual moment. And then I felt some agitation about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is the matter? <laughs> and uh, we got in this like kind of, he's my good friend. And I said, you know, we're mixing our business. We're doing business together. You're my really good friend. And now we're in a, in a sexual relationship. And we've got three things going on and I'm not happy. He's like, why? He's like, it's all good things. Like, why can't you just be in the present moment and be happy about it? And and I, an agitation had to arise within me, just mm-hmm. like agitation had to arise within me to write my third book. I had to finally get so sick of the pattern that I yeah. was like, then the agitation, this phase of alchemy occurred that the genius popped through. But that's the turning the self-animosity on itself. We turn the self-destructiveness on the, on itself. And that's fun. We've talked about this with our teacher, but I'm just kind of now getting tell it. Tell me. But tell me. she's like, you know, you basically, you have, everyone has the self-destructive tendency in you, but you use the self-destructive tendency to destroy that self-destructive part of yourself. So like almost like a serpent eating its own tail kind of a thing. Yeah. And so you use this like self animosity because you're almost like so sick of yourself being poor me or being in victim mode or whatever. You hate that part of yourself. Yeah. So, okay. Use that agitated self animosity of, I hate this part. I'm going to fucking clean it out. You know? Well, it's just like back to the story of the initiation where she, she's in, I mean, I, I'm in the flow of God right now. I'm writing this beautiful book and then I'm like, well, let's go have some carnal love. Yeah. And then, and then so I'm, this is, I'm totally playing out this story, right? Yeah. So I'm like, let's go have some carnal love. <laughs> things are going really good. Going Let good. me see how I can yeah. make this a little Let messy. Have some wine and um, make it messy. Yeah. And then start a fight about it. Right. And, then, and he's just like, oh, okay. You know, because he's going to say, I love the war zone. Right. <laughs> and he's like, here comes a soldier, right? And so... I'm in the flow of writing one of the best books I've ever written. And may it, I don't know if it could be better than this. And then yeah. I go and just like the initiation or just like the woman who falls from grace, eating the apple yeah. and fall into carnal love, which then I get angry at myself about. Right. I get angry at myself about because I didn't need it. It only gave me pleasure for just a short period. And then I got mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, but I saw my own self animosity, and it's just like what Yogi Bhajan said: is like 
we are, what would, what was the virgin? He said that you're the virgin yeah. until you're not. Until you want to break it. Until basically. you want to break it. And there's almost has to be an anger in that breaking it yeah. because it's like, aren't you, aren't you whole upon yourself? Yeah. That you have to go outside to find the male to give you the pleasure and the peace that's already within you. And it's like, even with creating children or creating anything, it's like we think that those things are going to create our happiness. Yeah. And we think that if I have another child, I have so many people coming to me, I need this child. And I was like, well, is your marriage happy? Right. How many wines are you drinking a night? Right. How much are you posting about that on social media? Are you happy? Or is it a good environment to bring another child in? And Or is it a really good time for you to jump into a new relationship? Is it a good idea to sleep with your best friend? Right. This is, uh, Actually, Caitlin Flanagan talks about this too, but of the women's kind of sexual liberation and like that's all great and fine women we can have sex now with whoever we want and not really feel bad about it and that's great but we choose partners casually and then afterwards we're upset when they treat us casually yeah because they didn't call us and they didn't take us out to dinner and they didn't do that but it's like but we just we asked to be treated casually but our systems are made up differently than men's. You know, we know this, that we bond when we have sex. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, after the, the fact, we are expecting them to, like, step up in a different way. But they didn't have that expectation because we didn't have that expectation before. And then we're mad at them. You know? Yeah. And so much of the containment, so back to the words content, contained, and what's the Continuous. And continuous. Okay. So how do we get to that? And so it's always everything you're projecting on another is you. And it's as simple of as any destruction that's in your life is likely also created by you and it's your self-creation of your environment. So if we're manifesting our reality and if you're manifesting it from the level of the ego, from the mind, I need, I want the future, you're going to create a level of chaos that you're never going to be happy with. But the reason people don't want to accept that, it's the responsibility. But there's so much liberation in that. Like, the second you take 100% responsibility for everything in your life, then it's like, oh, I can do something about it. But then it's that whole, with great power comes great responsibility. Once you realize that you are you within you, you are the infinite, you are God within you, and you can really do anything that you want then it's like okay well what are you going to use that power for but that's why it takes so long yeah to get that is because and that's what she this book this initiation book you guys is like 400 pages of tiny writing so she had a lot of lives to to realize to even realize that there's god force within her she had to fall carnally fall from grace many times and then find herself again and And only with that agitation, only with that self-animosity, only with that rigidness, could she understand God. Yeah. So there's hope. (laughs) Well, and it's like you just put one foot in front of the other. I think sometimes we get into this thing where we have a vision of how our life should be or the thing we want to create or whatever. And there's like this gap between, and this is a, a, a great book, which another really easy, you know, five 600 700 page book uh read um, called trans surfing reality but i'll just give you the cliff notes which is you can't focus on manifesting the end goal without 
thinking consciously about all of the other little steps in between. Mm. And so thinking about, you know, the kind of day-to-day, and that's where it's even like Gary Vee talks about it. Anyone can be super successful, but do you actually want to put in the work? Right, and are you going to be happy when you get it? Yeah. Are you going to be happy when you get it? Are you going to be content and contained? And I've one thing that I recognize with, like, manifestation, we're going to get to Black Lilith soon and all the cosmology, but this is so fun. But one thing I've recognized with manifestation is is we can create anything we want from the level of the mind, absolutely anything. But the things that are the biggest things, they make no difference in your life. Yeah. So like the ones, the things that I've manifested when I've been content, contained and happy, like I just got a new home and everyone was like, aren't you so excited? Like, oh my God, aren't you so excited? And I'm like, actually it feels the exact same as before. Yeah. And even with like the job I've gotten or when I've created the book finally, or I get them, I get financially stable or anything. It just sort of like, I already had it in me to, to be able to hold that level of a, my, I was already whole enough in myself, you know, she within she to be able to hold that level of a, of a success, of a yeah. victory, that it didn't make a difference in my field. And so if you have to jump, if the manifestation is a jump in your reality, you actually have to go through that grit, grind, mm. and pain to make yourself worthy enough to hold what you, is it's going to be better than what you're at right now. Right. And so you have to, like, I couldn't have jumped into owning my own home five years ago. I would have thought, I always thought, you know, a man had to own a home for you that he had to do it all and doing it myself. Like I was never there Yeah. and now I'm there, but it now the jump I'm because I wasn't thinking about the home the whole time. The home isn't the home is a separate offshoot of the tree I'm creating. Yeah. Well, and it, and that, that reality transurfing also talks about that, but where if you're, you're yearning so badly for something, then you're just creating the negative polarity of it. Right. So you're creating oh the lack of it. Oh God. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> I know what you mean. So basically yearning is what I was speaking about before is like that egocentric drive of the mind to create it now. Yeah. And you're living that you'll be happy once you get what right. you create. And a lot of people are like this with babies. And I'm bringing that up as like, when I get that, I'm going to be happy. Right. And when I, you know, and it's like, how do we, the only way to drop into that is to go back into the heart yeah. And to surrender. It's the only well, way to take away the, the pain. the receiving versus the getting. Like, the universe doesn't work that way. It's like you go up to somebody's house or something, and you're like, just give me all the stuff. <laughs> Instead of, like, you know, being open to receiving whatever. Or you're not going to be happy if you get it that way. Yeah. But when you receive it in a way that it just suddenly arrives or something suddenly changes, there's happiness. Yeah. So tell us more about Black Lilith because is she within she? Well, kind of. So this is some mythology, I guess. Um, So before Eve, in kind of the Hebrew uh, texts, there was Lilith. And as we know, Eve was formed from Adam and is subservient to him. But Lilith was his first partner, and she was his equal. So they were both created of God. And even going to the way that they had sex, she would have sex on top, you know, whereas with with Eve, Adam would be on top. 
Um, so she was very much his equal. Uh, but they w- argued as equal partners sometimes do, and she eventually left him. And so she's written into much of the mythology now as an evil temptress, somebody that kills babies, uh, you know, of course, a whore, all of these horrible things. And she would come to the men in their sleep and give them wet dreams and they would never be able to love a a human woman again in the same way. Uh, Just horrible things about Lilith because that's this deep wound in the male psyche of like the woman that leaves. Mm. Oh, I know that woman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so she's, you know, a more recent discovery. There's three different archetypes of Lilith astrologically. um, But I think uh, all these goddess archetypes that are starting to be discovered more recently, I think, are filling in the kind of spots where we have been way too simplistic about our understanding of the female experience Mm -hmm. and the female psyche because beforehand it's like we have Venus and the moon, wife and mother, that's all, (laughs) you know? You know, it's interesting you say that the biggest archetypal wound for the male is is the leaving. Yeah. The woman who leaves. And back to sleeping with my friend. (laughs) So I was saying to him, you know, when I sleep with you, I bond to you. And I create, um, a, I create a dishonor in my, or I create a rigidity or an anger, a self animosity mm-hmm. in myself because you're my friend. I bonded to you as a friend, and now I'm bonding to you in a rela- way I didn't want to bond to you. Yeah. And you basically, I hate to say it, but you, I think of you as a, a partner or husband. And yeah. He's, he honestly loved every minute of that, <laughs> and he was like, really, you know. <laughs> and he like, cause he, cause, cause then he gets taken care of, and then. He knows I'm not going to go looking for other men, and then we can go out to dinner, and we can still be friends, and the, the whole thing works for him. Yeah. Right? But I'm not getting all the 25 facets of things that I want. Right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I recognize, and also there's a woman named Dr. Pat Allen. Highly, highly recommend. She's 86 years yes. old. She's such a she's badass. So and she's like, do not sleep with men until you're married, basically. Yeah. Monogamous. <laughs> until yeah. you're monogamous, right? And so that's hard in New York. Um, but it's hard in around the whole world. It's hard in general. Like, did you all wait to sleep with your husband until you're monogamous? Right. You know, like, I don't think you, all your girlfriends wait to sleep with their husbands until they're monogamous. And how do we find the value or the thing in that? Because once a man sleeps with you, you're essentially, your serotonin is yeah. essentially bonded to that man. And then you are essentially angry with him because you have then fallen from God. Yeah. Well, not to to mention all the imprints, though, too. They're finding that the DNA sticks with us and everything. But that's just, I mean, it's amazing this conversation is happening this way because it's from the very beginning, for no reason at at all, I brought up this book, Initiation, about the woman's fall from grace was carnal love. Yeah. And so our anger with them... Is anger at ourselves. Is anger at ourselves for... Not being one with God first. Yeah. Let me repeat that. Any anger you have towards anything outside of yourself is anger at yourself for not being one with God first. And I don't mean God in a religious form. I mean a union with spirit on a daily level that is our is the feminine archetype of the highest I can think of. Yeah. So Which is actually why man wants to relate to woman because they want to experience God through woman. So man will, so my friend 
which I'm going to have him listen to this podcast, <laughs> so he knows what's going on. So, so I mean, so so he wants to have the experience of God through me, and and I then he wants me to bond to him in some way. I'm sure. So that I continue to return. Right. And then his real fear of me is that I'll leave. They're leaving, yeah. But he'll never tell us that. Right. And so it's what we hold strong, almost as like this really in dysfunctional thing we have with males and females. Yeah. So what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> that's I, the internal question. And that's yeah. the working out of it. And I think it's just really women going back into themselves and God first. Yeah. And and what is God? Well, only thing I know of God is that it's love. And the only way I've found to get that is to love myself. Yeah. Which is not like some cliche. It's really a practice. It's those decisions and choices you make every day that nobody sees. So it could be you make your smoothie bowl that looks really beautiful and nobody sees it. It's not for anyone else and it's just for you and you just really enjoy it. It looks so pretty and it tastes great. Mm-hmm. Um, just And it's not doesn't have to be the self-care of like, oh, go take a bath or whatever. It can totally be that. It is not hashtag. Self-care. Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> like it's it's really or if you have a meditation or a yoga practice, showing up for yourself every day, not because you want the abs that are going to give you some external validation, because that's your time that you're going into a space where you're open to receiving something from the infinite, and you're showing up for yourself. And the love is almost silent. It's almost it's almost the things you don't talk about mm-hmm. and the nose that nobody knows you said. And the boundaries you created. So we were talking about like the difference between some men that teach like about relationships and they're like, make your boundaries, say no, say no to codependency, attachment syndrome, and da-da-da-da. And it's a very male way of thinking about it. And it's like, as you're growing and you're gaining self-worth in general with the relationship between the male and the female or with your children and you're creating all this, it's... The feminine does it in such a quiet way, in such yeah. a contained way, where she doesn't need to make a show. But that's what that is. That's like mimicking the things that, quote unquote, work. But if the thing inside you is not healed, if you still don't love yourself, then it's it, when those things get challenged, eventually that wound of lack of self-love is going to rear its head. You know, and so like those are all great. We love we love Mark Groves. We love all the tips and tricks. We love all that stuff. But yeah. but if you haven't healed the underlying wound, then it's almost like this mimicry of somebody that has boundaries instead of right. just so your own truth. What we're referring to here is there's a lot of people that talk about relationships between the male and the female. One of them's an awesome guy named Mark Groves. I love him. He's such in his heart. I mean, Lacey Phillips is an awesome representation of somebody who really helps people understand relationships. There's um, Dr. Pat Allen, another one. And we've learned so much from And them. we've learned so much from Dr. Pat Allen. And I mean, if you're married or you are in relationship or out of relationship, these are things to understand. Yeah, recommend. It doesn't matter. I could be out of relationship or in relationship. You're going to have the same issues as me. Out of relationship or in relationship. You're just dealing with them in different concepts. Yeah. That that's 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 the male energy in me. Yeah. Not the contained, content, gorgeous woman that's just within herself. That I'm mad at myself from taking my own energy outside of me that should be happy and content within myself. Right. Yeah. 
So let's talk more about like what's going on on the cosmological level if we have a little bit of time here. Yeah. Uh, well, Mercury's just going back direct, so mm-hmm. people love to talk about Mercury retrograde. They'll be <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> but Mercury retrograde, it gets a bad rap. It's not it's not that uh, that bad. Mercury's just the messenger. So it's the go between between the different gods and and the retrograde period was really this time for us to go internal and cut everything unnecessary out of our communication. And now we can take those lessons that hopefully we've learned over the last several weeks and then push the conversation forward. Um, And we've spoken about kind of the end of this year being a major kind of planetary shift of this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So we're still gearing up for that and we're kind of feeling this last Capricorn period because Saturn has retrograded back into Capricorn. So we've got that heavy Capricorn energy happening again with Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn. And that is part of this what we're talking about, kind of deconstructing the father archetype. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. is having its Pluto return. The U.S. was, quote-unquote, born with Pluto in the sign of Capricorn. So we're undergoing this major transformation of, and it's interesting, the U.S. chart is very much representative of breaking away from the father because the U.S., you know, breaking away from the U.K. and wanting to be our own, whole unto ourselves, but we did that through the worst kind of archetype of the father, which is neglecting and taking and using humans and taking the native people's land, taking slaves, all of these things that we just kind of shoved under the rug in the U.S., now they're all being brought back out into the surface. Mm-hmm. And the kind of charts that we use to forecast the events are based on the solstices and the equinoxes. So it's very interesting. A lot of them over this year have Scorpio rising, which is that transformative energy. And there's a lot of focus for this conjunction that's going to be really big on December 21st at the winter solstice in the fourth house of land that that conjunction is going to happen in the fourth house of land and resources and as we're kind of transforming how we think about our relationship to the earth and everything so So what what are some of the things that people are saying that may happen as a result of this December, what's the date? December 21st is the winter solstice and also happens to be that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, which happen roughly every 20 years. But this is just a big one because it's the start of that transformation from, like we talked about last time, from 200 years of Earth signs into 200 years of air signs. Oh, right. So this is like the, this is when... We're going to move into like things being major created. Aquarius age, yeah, yeah. Things being created like a renaissance of creations, yeah. And my book will be published by then, yeah, right around then, yeah. So that so that's happening at the end of this year, and that kind of um, that chart can be used to forecast the events of really the next three months, but even like the next year. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the activity is in that fourth house, like I said, and also the third house of communication and kind of mercantile 
uh, trade, stuff like that. So we'll probably see more transformation. There's like this return of the barter economy and all of these kind of themes that are starting. Well, it's interesting with the barter, barter economy because if our if our, our ideas of so I talk about it in the form of alchemy. Yeah. So we're going through a stage of calcination right now on the planet. And then we'll go through a dissolution phase, which is the, the tears and the grief and the how effed up we are. Oh, my God, we've got things to change. And then we have to yeah. separate out what will work and what will no longer work. Yeah. And so that will be the recreation of what's probably happening towards the end of the year. This can go really, really quick or really, really long, depending on how each person yeah. and each community and each world world order needs to be reorganized. But with the barter economy, if no one has jobs, we're going to have to figure out a new way yeah. of making, creating money and platforms. And that's why you should buy stocks in Bitcoins, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting because the Bitcoin started to really take off when Uranus entered Taurus. And Uranus is the planet that comes in and really breaks stuff up and levels the playing field completely. It's that Aquarian kind of energy and Taurus is, is resources and rules, you know, yeah. money. And so it's like, that's the, the idea with Bitcoin. It's taking it away from the major institutions and making it more of just a ledger and that level playing field, which is similar to the barter economy. So with what we're talking about from the beginning of, of this podcast for some random reason, always has a reason though. Yeah. Um, with the male and the female archetypes, and how can this be seen within the cosmology that's happening around, you know, on the planetary level? So the father figure and the mother figure and the black Lilith, like, yeah. will there be a healing between this male and female aspects coming up that you've seen in the charts and thing, like anything interesting like that? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, I think that's what this Pluto in... Capricorn is trying to to teach us is to heal that father wound because as we know the father wound gets carried into our relationships um, with our peers as well and so I think a lot of people are working on that father wound which again going back to what we were talking about before can show up in your romantic relationships but it can show up in your work dynamic too with your bosses that you're you know afraid to have this certain conversation with or what, whatever that may be. So, you know, Pluto, the, the idea isn't to make our lives miserable. It's, it's the shaman. And so the shaman has to go dig deep down into the underworld, down into the, the depths of the wound to bring something to light so that we can actually work on it. And when is Pluto done doing this to us? <laughs> um, it'll be a couple more years. Really? Really? Well, when does, when does the, so there's two, isn't there another one that's in the underworld right now? Like the Venus goes into the underworld. Is she out yet? Does that make sense to this planet retrograde system where there's, we talked about it before where. Yeah. She goes under to get the pomegranates. Yeah. Venus is, is gone direct. We're, um, we have Chiron retrograde just went on, um, today. I think Chiron retrograding into Aries and Chiron is the wounded healer. And so that's an opportunity, I think, for us to, to heal some of these over the next six months. Um, and Chiron is that, it's interesting because it actually relates very much to your hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Chiron um, was kind of the most revered of all of the centaurs, these kind of half man, half beast. He's like the wisest one. And almost every single hero throughout Western mythology comes into contact with Chiron at some point. 
And what he does is to give them something that they need to continue on their journey. So that's what usually in the hero's journey, it's like you come into contact with a teacher or with somebody that gives you, you know, the herb that you need or gives you like the map or just gives you that um, self-confidence to be able to move forward. Whatever that little missing piece is, that's what Chiron gives you. And so with these next several months with Chiron retrograding in Aries, hopefully you can find that kind of missing piece for yourself of Mm -hmm. what you need to heal in order to move forward on the journey. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Do you think that's always like what you want or it's a desire or do you think it's more personal? Do you think it goes back to she is she? And it's found within the person, or do you think it's like an outside source that may actually solve the problems on a human level? Yeah, I think it can be unique to the individual or unique to the circumstance. So sometimes, it's like when we talk in business school, do you have a puzzle or a mystery? You know, sometimes you have all of the data and you just need to arrange it in a certain way that you Mm. can actually see the full picture. And sometimes you're actually missing a piece of the puzzle and you can't complete the puzzle until you have that extra piece of information. And then, so how long is, I like this. So how long is the um, Chiron coming in for six months? It's about six months. And and it doesn't, so I always thought Chiron created the wound, but it actually solves the problem. It solves the It solves the wound. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the retrograde, all the retrograde is, is, um, you know, going back over something, right? Because if you think about we're moving forward, and then the retrograde is going back. And so that doesn't mean repeating some pattern. It means taking another look, like you have this great opportunity to take another look at something that you've already done in the past. And thinking, you know, how maybe you could have done better. What lessons did I learn from that? Mm -hmm. Or what do I, looking back and saying, oh, wow, I've done a lot of amazing things. Like, go me. I'm on the path. And so then this Chiron's going to be out at what point? Done at what point? Um, I have to look up the exact date, but it's later this year. Later this year. Yeah, like November, December. November, December? Yeah. So we're just retrograding, seeing how much we've healed. Yeah, and How it's many in the sign of Aries. So, like, you're working with courage and mm. self-assertion. Mm-hmm. And the shadow of Aries is, like, the petty tyrant, which is, like, fighting battles for a battle's sake. But the beautiful thing about Aries is somebody that will stand up for others and that, like, loyal warrior that's fighting for a cause that's bigger than yourself. Mm. Instead of just, like, picking fights with everyone to get the energy out. I mean, that's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning is like, this is a, a, a random subject, but not really. So there's a difference between a woman who goes out, go fall, you know, like if we're doing carnal love yeah, and she gives her body away, goes out, you know, breaks the virginity, goes into the self animosity, goes out of her, she as she, and then, or a being raped. Yeah, right, right. And so she can either take that rape at, with Chiron would be like, I'm going to take that rape. I'm going to take this disorder, that this war that I've had to experience through the male. I'm going to take this pain that has, I'm experiencing. And, and rather than projecting and being mad at the male for creating the war or being there, she's going to take it in and she's going to say, let's create a cause 
that's this peaceful movement yeah. that, that will change it. And I actually, Yoko Ono is coming to mind as I think about that is like, how can you take the, back to the original wound? Right. How can you take the trauma? How can you take the wound? How can you take the, the worst painful thing you've ever been experienced on? And rather than continuously projecting it onto the partners around you, the children around you, go deep, deep inside and then find that energy, that connection to the universe, that connection to source yeah. that can then help so many other people. So if the woman is not giving herself away but is then raped, how can she teach one, teach 10, teach 15, teach 30 to heal? Yeah. There's a really cool TED Talk of this woman who was raped when she was in high school, and she actually goes out and finds the guy because he was also around the same age. Um, And... They, they do a TED Talk together and tell their stories of their lives and his life was a total disaster and a total mess because he had wounded himself through wounding someone else and not to feel like sorry for him or whatever he's very much responsible for, for what he did but it's really beautiful how they were able to then come together to understand both sides of that story and yeah. how the, the man actually because it's the same for him. So for a man to rape a woman, it's a self-hatred in him, too. Yeah, 100%. For a man to hurt, hurt a woman in any way, there's a self-hatred in him. Yeah. And for us to hurt ourselves, there's a self-hatred within us. And so the only way to get that is to become contained within the self. Yeah. And so that you don't have that self-hatred. So do that meditation for self-animosity by, yeah. by in Kundalini Yoga, 21 minutes a day. Google it. Meditation for self-animosity. Yeah. You become very successful. But I don't know. I think that it'll take the wounds, taking the males and the females, seeing those original wounds, which I hope this book gets to as many people as it can because this is my healing of the father wound and my Chiron coming together and looking at the courage it took to heal that father wound. And so I hope that many people can also benefit. Yeah. And just removing that, the judgment of others so that we can actually have those conversations. It's so much harder than, uh, than it sounds, but we've got those nodes, Gemini, Sagittarius. And so it's like just being more curious than saying, I've got the answers and you're wrong and I'm right. And seeing actually where we can meet to try to heal some of these things. Mm, Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome.